Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Hello and welcome to this week's Countryside. I'm Kiri Kermud. And I'm Simon Clark. This week I catch up with Adam Quayle, the Facilities and Garden Manager at Milltown Estate, to find out about a prestigious award they've just received. And also I catch up with Tim Baker, MHK, to find out more about the damage caused to the hillsides round the constituency of Michael. And I popped along to a family variety concert, Relatively Talented. But first, on a serious note, Kiri, I think it's uh, right to mention... Um, some more irresponsible uh, dog owners, I think, around the Isle of Man being allowed their dogs to get out of control and uh, more sheep have sadly lost their lives and farmers uh, have lost, you know, future profits because of it. Yeah, very, very sad times indeed, Simon. But it always seems to be this time of year. I don't know whether the spring is in the air or what it seems to be, but the ewes are heavily pregnant and we must stress that dogs have to be kept on leads in the countryside. And it doesn't matter whether they're pregnant or not. They really, really do get frightened by fast-moving dogs in the fields and farmers have the, the right to shoot them if they catch them in the act of worrying. So please, please keep your dogs on the leads. Yes, and one of the things as well, it's not just the fact that, uh, that you know they're getting bitten and mauled, it's the fact that they chase them around when they're pregnant, isn't it, and it can cause them to abort the, the lambs and things like that, which is, which seems to people that it's not done any harm, but it can. That's it? right, it's the untold damage and the stress on the sheep, and like you say, for a mother to go through an abortion like that, it's all the hormones and everything that comes with giving birth, and then to have uh, that result is absolutely soul-destroying, not only for the farmer, but for that sheep. Indeed. So please uh, follow the country codes and keep an eye on your dogs. Well, some more damage has been caused to some of the upland hill areas of the Isle of Man, away this time from the Greenway roads and the... Uh, tracks that the motorcyclists and greenway users are supposed to be using. To find out more about this damage in the constituency of Kurt Michael, I caught up with MHK for the area, Tim Baker. Well, Tim Baker, it's uh, we have three or four hats on for, for this trouble that's caused, but it's a pretty serious matter, and a lot of people have got involved, seen the pictures that the damage has been caused. Um, is there any sort of light on it, first of all? Um, to be honest, Simon, I, I know nothing more in terms of the detail than, than, is, than is in the public domain uh, in terms of who's done this, but clearly um, it is a very serious issue and uh, I know the police and, and, and DEFA uh, are extremely perturbed by, by what's gone on and um, you know, it's clearly unacceptable. Uh, the pictures really show a lot of damage in, in a very sensitive area of, of, of the uplands and of course the peat, the peat areas of the island very front of mind at the moment with the climate change agenda and the carbon capture that that that, that they that they do naturally so really it's really really disappointing to to see this in 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 my constituency and from the various departments that are involved in point of view as well well you you look at it i mean in the past there's been talk and i suppose negotiations and things have been fairly quiet there seems to be an agreement with everyone you know the top of uh, sky hill all them greenway roads but of course this has happened on a non-greenway area where people aren't supposed to be isn't it absolutely i mean there's there are some very progressive and collaborative arrangements around uh, the green lanes with the the green lane user group working with with closely with doi and, uh, and, and other agencies uh, very much to manage the whole use of the green lanes and um, to also 
maintain and remediate them and, and I know the ACU trials officers very keen to, to, to uh, make sure everything's done, done properly. Uh, this is completely the other end of the spectrum. This is in an area where people should not have been taking that activity and there's, there's no, uh, as far as I can see, there's no, there's, there's no defence to, to, to what they've done. Um, and uh, you know, there's some, it's a shame because there are some very, very responsible people here who legitimately want to use the, the natural resources that we've got in the island in, in, in the right manner. And unfortunately, everybody gets tarred by the, by the same brush here. On the other side of it, from the uh, off-road motorcyclist point of view, is there enough areas where they can go safely without disturbing anyone? Of course, years ago, there was probably less restrictions and people were spread out all over the place. But now, I suppose, you can look at that they're congregated more in the one spot, more noise maybe, which causes more people to complain. It's a difficult balancing act, Simon. I mean, I, I believe there are plenty of places where people can legitimately uh, undertake this activity. And uh, it, it, it's absolutely clear that they should not be doing it in sense, sorry, environmentally sensitive areas such, such, such as this. And, you know, my, my discussions with uh, people like the AC, ACU, trials officers in the Green Lane people have been very, very constructive. And certainly, you know, they're looking to make the most of those, those facilities. Um, Clearly, there's there's lots of competing interests. There's there's bikes, there's walkers, there's there's horse riders, there's mountain bikers, and what we have to do is find a, a way of everybody using the the nature in 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 the right way because it is one of the most attractive parts of the island and, and something that also attracts people uh, to the island from 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 elsewhere. And that's I suppose one of the the things that the, the locals will defend it, saying you know we we abide by all the rules. People maybe who are coming over from away on these weekend trips, um, I'm not putting the blame entirely on them, but that's where it could lie. But it, is it just ignorance or just uh, lack of not knowledge? Well, I, 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 I don't know, but certainly yeah, there, there is an attractiveness of the Isle of Man to people coming from from across, um, and, and we do know that organised groups and uh, do do come over to the island. Um, to legitimately use what, what the island has to offer. Um, so I don't know whether this was off-island riders, I, it may well be, um, but somebody's bringing them over and, and it's the, the job of those who are involved to make sure that they are properly um, advised as to where they can go and where, and where they shouldn't go. And I, I do know that the ACU, for example, when, when they're involved in, in groups coming over, organise uh, locals to actually guide some of the some of these groups so there is some very responsive r responsible organization around this but this clearly isn't uh, isn't that and uh, I've, I've, I haven't got any evidence to say you know who, who, it, who it was or in what circumstances but you know it has to stop because it's going to spoil things for, for everybody and we've seen in other areas of the UK you know national parks etc then becoming much more restrictive on people using um, those areas of countryside for motorcycling etc um, and, and we want to avoid having to become too too restrictive because you know motorcycling and, and, and outdoor activities are, are very much in the culture of the island. Yes we've had some great success in the past. Um, is the area concerned very far off the legitimate tracks that people are supposed to be using? Um, well I mean clearly looking at the pictures it's it, it's it's an area where there doesn't appear to be any 
legitimate reason to to, to, to be up there. And uh, as far as far as I'm aware, it, it's it's very much away from the uh, legitimate path. I don't I don't think this has happened by accident. This is this is people riding ir irresponsibly um, in in an area where the, the they're just not uh, they're just not supposed to be. And are, are the uh, the Alaman Constabulary involved in this, they know about it? They, they, they do, absolutely, and they're taking it very seriously because, um, you know, there's there's the whole environmental uh, issue, there's uh, there's also the, the effect on wildlife as well, and uh, uh, the police are very much engaged with us, yeah. But maybe it's time for another gathering to get everyone together and see what the the deficit side of it, the Constabulary and the Alaman Greenway road users who obviously don't want this sort of thing to stop the, I think the, the, the thing is you gather everybody together but they're the people who are behaving legitimately and responsibly and they're, you're almost preaching to the converted there it's the people who are, who are not being responsible that probably wouldn't come to that sort of gathering and they're probably not engaged with any of those groups I do, I do genuinely believe that the groups you've mentioned are all singing from the same hymn sheet on this um, but we do need to make sure it stops because if it doesn't stop, it's going to ruin things for, for, for everybody. Tim Baker, MHK, talking about the damage to uh, Slough Do, I think it was, up on the hill there, um, by the, uh, alleged by motorcyclists. So uh, no nearer catching the culprits, but it's, uh, it's an irresponsible thing, isn't it? It really is disappointing because there is set out areas for people to go and and do whatever they feel they need to do on their motorbikes, whether it's practice and training or just having a bit of fun. There are designated areas for it. So this really is out of order. Yeah, but I think you feel a little bit sorry for some of them. They're struggling to find places, I think, you know, to, to get out on enduro bikes. There is, plenty, as we said, the Greenway roads, but um, maybe it's just, you know, you never know who's going to be, you know, who's coming over either, do you? That's the That's trouble. The trouble. <laughs> anyway, you you were uh, been at a concert last weekend, Kerry. I did on Friday evening. I popped along to Lock Promenade Church Hall to the relatively talented concert, a family variety concert consisting of three generations of the Clegg family. Now, this is the Crows, the Farragers and the Gellings, and it really was a fantastic night. I caught up with the organiser on the night, which was Graham Crow and his daughter Hayley, and what a brilliant night it was. It's really nice. He, honestly, he's been championing this for a few months, and I was sort of hoping that he'd give up on it, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, but uh, most of the people that were performing, they were all saying, oh, well, you know, he's been leaning on me a little bit, he's been persuading me, there'll be a few deals done along the line. I'm hoping for a few babysitting tokens for having uh, performed here this evening. But yeah, it was just a really nice event to bring all of our family together as well, So, and the audience seemed to really enjoy it. And did you expect this turnout, Hayley? It's huge. No, I've been giving him loads of stick about that too, because he said he'd booked this at venue and said it held you know possibly up to 200 people so what why on earth would you do that why didn't you just book somewhere small for 25 or 30 people or something like that but woo, blown away by the turnout this evening to be honest with you it's really really nice and everybody was so supportive in the audience there's a lot of us performing for the first time I've never sung in public with my dad before ever um, and, and was, what is that like Hayley to sing with the Cleveland metal winner <laughs> no nerve-wracking nerve uh, it wasn't good but the audience are all hoping that you're going to do really well they're really looking forward to hearing what you're going to do and it was it was just really lovely really nice atmosphere to do it I'm not going to say I'm going to do it again but uh, 
it, it wasn't as bad as what I thought. I don't think you're going to get away with it again, though, really, because there's so many people, like you say, enjoyed tonight. And this is what we want to do at the weekends. We want to get out and enjoy events like this, because they're very few and far between. They are. It's quite traditional, isn't it, really? Um, you know, it wasn't really what I thought I would be doing on a Friday evening. But when my dad talks so fondly of, that's what they used to do in their family when they were growing up. I mean, it was a different world back then. Um, but it's quite nice to do something quite traditional and different. And I think everybody that's been here has, has sort of had fun memories of a previous life and previous world of your life. Especially at the end, we had a bit of a sing-along. Everybody in the audience was singing along. And then I think everybody was slightly disappointed that there maybe wasn't a few more songs just to finish. And yeah. it, was just, it was just nice. Well, isn't it nice, though, Hayley? That kind of links in with the charity as well, with I'll Listen, where young people are really struggling. And social media, sitting in front of screens, is a huge part of life now. Something like this you know maybe prevents something like that it's so important you know when I was the secretary of the federation um, I was on it all the time anytime that I spoke to people saying it's the best thing about the young farmers is that it's a great opportunity to get out and meet people not just sit behind a screen and it's so important for young people today to to be out and about and doing things and you know through all ages of life as well it's so easy in this world that we live in to just sit at home look on the internet feel like you're connected with people through your phone but just to get here tonight everybody's had a cup of tea at the end and a chat and it is quite old-fashioned but I think it'd be nice to see the world a little bit more like this maybe not our family performing you know but uh, just an excuse to get together get everybody rounded up and get together and and spend some time with real people Our fantastic evening here on Douglas Prom. Relatively talented. Wow, that's an understatement. Yeah, really pleased. The evening seemed to go off well. We got a nice crowd in, maybe a few more than we thought, so the, <laughs> the hall was pleasantly full. It was packed. And they were they were a very, very good audience. It was absolutely a brilliant night. It was just an idea, it, and it's transpired into this performance tonight. Well, yes, we used to do family concerts when I was a kid, so I'm talking 60 years ago, you know, different generations, my, my parents' generation, and as a youngster, I used to get wheeled in and uh, basically coerced into performing, and I sort of hated it at the time, but looking back, it was, uh, didn't do you any harm. And I, I think some of your children might say that tonight, though, uh, Graham. <laughs> they, they might have been coerced, but it didn't work with all of them, but uh, we, got, uh, we got the most of them here, and it's good that we, out of the... Th- the families we've got three generations here on the night so maybe in the future the focus would be on the, the younger ones instead of the, the oldies <laughs> like it was this year no it, it really is such a talented family and like you say the, it was the Clegg clan yes well I mean you're a bit of a Clegg yourself going back there so you know we might be able to drag you in for, for another year yourself and mum <laughs> might get mother to do it well, maybe <laughs> you never know you never know spread the net a little bit wider and all the, uh, the family connections yeah. But it was, it was lovely to, to see the Gellens, the Crows, the Cleggs all come together and, and Chrissy Cannell there with the Manx dialect. You know, it still brings it back to, to the Manx ways. Well, yes, I think we had a, a good variety, uh, you know, from instrumental right through to uh, the spoken word and lots of singing in between. So, yes, classical music, a bit of folk, a bit of other instrumental stuff. So, yeah, good variety. 
Like you said in the advertisement to, to tonight, Graham, it's a bit of the guild, a bit of the young farmers, crossed with the braid of Stedford maybe, and it really was, it was laugh a minute. Well, it was sort of spontaneous, really, that was the idea. None of us, had, we didn't have a rehearsal or anything, not collectively, but people did their own little bit of rehearsal maybe before they came and, uh, on, a, on a night or two, but... Uh, Generally speaking, I hadn't got a clue what some of them were going to get up and do, so there was, there was no opportunity to censor anybody. So we just have to leave it and hope that their good taste uh, was to the audience taste as well. It really, really was. But it was lovely to see you, Graham, singing with both of your children on separate occasions. You know, how does it feel for you there? Singing uh, with Neil in the Guild and winning the, the Balloon Rose Bowl last year was one of the proudest moments of my uh, my life, to be honest. And it, it's definitely up there alongside winning a Cleveland medal. So. Singing with your flesh and blood is sort of a unique bond, a, a, a unique blend of, of music as well. And it was lovely to sing as well with Haley tonight. So I've only got Steve to go now and I'll, be, I'll have the trio. <laughs> and I do believe Steve's got a very good voice. Steve has, yeah. Well, Sue, mum, Sue, she's got a great voice as well. She doesn't chooses not to do anything with it now, but then she's moved on to the flute. So And, and tonight, Sue play, yeah, playing, 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 playing the flute, the flute and Dave and on the fiddle. Yeah, it was nice, nice to see that happening as well. They've never performed apparently <laughs> together either, so... I think this, Graham, has to come around again next year. I think so, yes. It's, uh, it's been, been a really good night. All, all the family have enjoyed it and the audience enjoyed it, so why not? Why not? And also the charity for tonight, Graham, I'll Listen. It really, really struck a chord with a few people in here. I think so, yes. It's a, it's a relatively new cha charity and a lot of people haven't heard of it, but I think it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful work that they do, this early intervention with young people. If they can prevent problems you know, building up later in life for them, then it, it's got to be really well supported, and I'm delighted that we could support it tonight. Jess from our listen, what a fabulous night we've had here on the promenade. What a really, really great, talented family. You know, the Crows are doing it again for the Manx Farmer community, for the musical people on the Isle of Man, but for you as well, Jess, with Isle Listen, a brilliant charity. Yes, it really is. And we're so grateful for the support of the likes of Graham and his extended family, who, with their incredible talent, um, have brought so many people here tonight and all these people seem to be giving very generously into our bucket I must say um, but yeah what a brilliant night of true Manx entertainment and a lovely chance for us to talk about what we're doing uh, raise some awareness and uh, yeah hopefully get garner a little bit more support as well from more, more members of the community for I'll Listen Well that is it I'll Listen is only very new I suppose you'd say one year well, we launched officially at the beginning of September and went into schools at that point. Um, but it's actually been being developed really for the past 18 months under our umbrella charity, which is MCH Psychological Services. So I listen is a project that sits within that charity. Um, our accredited professional team developed the framework and since the beginning of September we've been present in two secondary schools offering listening services and we are also available to provide assemblies, PSHE lessons and workshops covering a range of subjects that can affect young people's emotional well-being. Um, and do you think that's something that's here Jess? You, it is the generations changing? Absolutely. The challenges our young people face are very different even from what I faced when I was at school 30 years ago. Um, that you can't avoid the fact that social media has an impact, sometimes positively, often negatively. Um, 
there's an awful lot of pressure on young people now to succeed uh, academically, socially. They must all seem to partake in lots of other extracurricular activities as well. It's just pressure, pressure, pressure all the time. And it can be very difficult for young people to manage. And so a big part of our listen really is prevention work, equipping all young people with the skills to navigate their way through life successfully. And a lot of that is emotional resilience, but also our early intervention work, which takes the part of the listening services um, really trying to make sure that young people are supported as early as possible so that low mood, low level anxiety, stress, things like that cannot escalate and become far more serious problems requiring escalation up to child and adolescent mental health services and the like. And do you find since September, Jess, you've reeled it out in the schools, has it been successful? Well, it really has. I mean, it's our pilot year, so it's slowly, slowly, and of course, everything, as with any charity, is subject to funding. So initially, as I say, we're in the two secondary schools, um, and with plans, obviously, over the, the coming months and years to roll that out across the island. And um, while it's very unfortunate that so many young people do need to seek our support it's heartening to know that our listening service is having such a positive impact and we have young people now who have had many sessions with their listeners as we call them and have come out the other end and feel stronger more resilient more able to cope with what life is throwing at them because there are many and varied challenges whether it's family life relationships schoolwork friendships you name it, every possible issue you can imagine. You know. And can people get involved to help your side of it, Jess, to oh. be a listener? In terms of listening, we pride ourselves on our professionalism. So our listen has been created by an accredited clinical team from MCH Psychological Services. And our listeners are very highly trained and require um, weekly supervision by our clinical lead. So in terms of volunteer listeners at this stage, that's not something we can actually um, facilitate. However, we have many, many opportunities for anybody who would like to fundraise for, for us and help raise awareness of what we do, because the sooner we can get that funding behind us and, and do more within the community and within our schools, the bigger the project grows, the more people we can help and support. And it is fantastic tonight, the concert with the Crow family. But Young Farmers, Hayley has always, always been a great supporter. And when they did the tractor run, Hayley brought Alison into that area as well. She did. And what an incredible spectacle that was. And so supported. Wow. I know that there's a considerable sum coming towards Alison from that event. And uh, so many people have been speaking about it to me. They always say, oh my goodness, what an amazing event. Just wonderful to see absolutely wonderful to see and again brilliant fundraising but also raising awareness of what we're doing at our listen as well so we're so grateful to Hayley and everybody involved we really are that was Jessica Mackey from I'll Listen, the charity for the evening, Hayley Crow and Graham Crow. Sounded like a fabulous night and this, uh, they were saying there it's just great to spur of the moment think oh well, let's decide let's get a concert on people may not you know, something to do on on a on the weekend, something different. 
That's right. That's exactly what Haley was saying. And with it being connected to Ireland as well, the charity for children, you know, the prevention of mental health in younger generations, coming away from screens, getting out and about and doing something very, very different. It might be a bit old fashioned or traditional, but it really, really was a good evening. There was young and old there and many, many in attendance. So obviously a concert like that is something that draws the people. And it was funny with Alan Gellin as the compare for the evening with his funny jokes a variety of, of things, uh, musical instruments, spoken word, but just having a bit of fun, old-fashioned fun. Yes, uh, well, that's the way to go, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> You're listening to Countryside here on Manx Radio with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. Well, Milntown Estate is somewhere where we've grown to love over the years, and it's won a prestigious award, which has been awarded by the Royal Horticultural Society. To tell me more about it, I caught up with Adam Quayle, who's the Facilities and Garden Manager at Milntown. First of all, I congratulated him, but after that, I asked him what it meant for Milntown. So we're now a, a Royal Horticultural Society partner garden, and what you have to do is you have to apply for that and they'll only accept a few throughout the British Isles. Um, you just have to go through a criteria, and um, we, we obviously met, met that. Yeah, I've looked at the, the criteria sheet that you had to do, and there's a fair things on it, but uh, the facilities here at Milltown seem to pass all of them, so we tick all the boxes with flying colours. Yeah, you've, one of the uh, criteria is that it's preferable to have a, a cafe or a restaurant on site, you have to have above several acres. Yeah, it's two acres. And, and what, what have you got here? We, 16 acres we have. Right. And um, you have to show high horticultural standards, and that, that's design, maintenance, um, all of which we're doing, and we've got a development plan that will see us you know, designing and, and developing for the next, next 10 years. When you look at it, though, you've got 16 acres here. Um, not a great amount of staff, I wouldn't think, but somebody can have two acres uh, must be a lot easier to keep that managed than 16. It, it certainly <laughs> is yeah but we're concentrating our efforts on creating formal areas that are labour intensive and then and then less formal areas where you know we don't have to look after them so much but but they're better for wildlife perhaps. Yeah but you've got a, such a variety in the old town garden haven't you? We, yes we do yeah we, we're, we're lucky that we have a microclimate on the Isle of Man uh, and particularly Milntown, we, we've got the shelter of the hills, so we can grow some unusual uh, plants that you might not necessarily be able to grow uh, across the rest of the UK. In fact, you'd only be able to grow them in, say, the Silly Isles or Cornwall. Really? Yeah, that what we can grow here. Um, and that might sound unusual, but that is because of the mild winters. We don't suffer the harsh winters that they do um you know on the mainland so to speak so um and the wind as well the wind obviously you know being on the gulf stream and the wind here it, it keeps the temperatures down as well yeah and i suppose even uh, during the dry spells in the summer you've got the hill uh, sky hill and all just around about you i suppose it creates a bit of moisture as well it, yeah it does um, and we have the river here which which feeds our mill pond which also moves the mill wheel, but um, that all our water systems are fed from that. So we have we have rainwater throughout even the hottest periods. So it's not coming off off the mains; it's coming up from the river. So it, it's actual uh, rainwater. Yeah. 
Um, you can't get more natural than that. Though, no, can you? no, you can't, no. <laughs> but when you look around and walk around the gardens, it, it is a lovely setting. There's some walls, there's lovely cut grass areas, the paths through, all different types of shrubs and bushes. And every area you go in, there's something a little bit different, which I suppose catches the eye as well of the, of the people judging these. Yeah, it does. We're, we're creating compartments where, at the moment, where we stood is the walled garden. And it's a, a contemporary sort of uh, take on uh, a cottage garden. And then behind us, we have a jungle walk, which is more unusual plantings. And then the woodlands beyond. And, and we're creating these compartments so they all have different interests. And um, depending on what, what your likes are, then there's something for everyone, really. And what's the the most difficult challenge about a place like this? I would say when we're developing it's very difficult to get the balance right that you maintain at the same time because every time you develop an area you, you know consequently you have to maintain it for the years to come so that you know we we don't have a huge amount of labor and you know we have to be you know consider that um you, you know year on year yeah but when you look at this, um, the flower shows and all that go on the telly and see some of the gardens that are all just rife with different coloured flowers all in beds uh, it, it, you don't really want to go that way here I wouldn't have thought no I mean we do have formal areas and and you know we our, our um, goal here is to create somewhere of you know horticultural significance but at the same time it's um, it's good for wildlife we work to organic principles here and that means that we're not using chemicals on the ground and and you know we're, we're trying to trying to balance that we have areas of interest but it is good for wildlife as well yeah, which is uh, good news for everybody but the Royal um, Horticultural Society partnership what will it do for Milntown? Uh, it'll do a lot I mean the RHS is the sort of pinnacle of, of, of horticulture so to, to have um, an accolade that we're associated with them is fantastic but we will get the marketing that goes with it um, it'll go in all their magazines, uh, any of their press releases. And it'll also hopefully bring people to the island because when you're a member of the RHS, you know, you want to go through and, and, and visit these gardens that are part of the garden. So it, it's a great thing for people on the island, but it's also uh, hopefully bring people over, you know, in terms of tourists as well. Yeah, because it's one thing you do see a lot of enthusiasts traveling to different places to go to these shows and, and look around the gardens, but it's... It's unique to the Isle of Man, though, isn't it? You're the, you're the first. We are the first, mm. yes, we are. And, um, no, very proud of that. And it's not, it's not just the garden team who, who put in all the effort to get this place. Well, it is. We, we're all committed and we, we all put a lot of hard work in. It, it, it is a private charity. And without the volunteers and, and the office staff and, and the trust who, who ultimately put, you know, hold the purse strings and allow us to to do this then you know it's it's all of us involved and we you know we're all committed to it when you look at pictures from 10 years ago of this garden since you opened it to the public and look at it now you must be very proud of what's been done then uh, no i am very yeah. proud uh, the significant changes have happened but it you know we still have to be sympathetic to the history and also not not do things too quickly because again <laughs> you know there's there's a cash flow that um it, it's done year on year um and that is to 
make sure that, that you know we're not we're not opening places up because all of this has a, has an impact on the garden when you when you do too much at one one point of time. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you and your team. Anyway, I'm sure it'll do wonders for the uh, attraction of more people here to the Isle of Man to see the gardens. Uh, thank you very much, Simon. Adam Quayle, the Facilities and Garden Manager at the Milltown Estate. What a wonderful uh, award that is. The only one on the Isle of Man to receive the Royal Horticultural Society's like, Partnership Award, you know, to be asked into that prestigious gang really isn't it it really really is a huge achievement and for such a bunch of young gardeners as well you know keen on horticulture and to see those gardens evolve over the last handful of years it is a place that myself and my family love to go to a bit of downtime easter or whatever and you have seen the changes and it is stunning absolutely Mm. stunning and so worthy of that award simon well done to them Uh, okay we're out of time on this week's countryside uh, countryside at manxradio.com is the email address if you've got something for us or leave a message for Kiri Kermode or Simon Clark here at Manx Radio but that's it we'll be back next week with more so from me Simon Clark and me Kiri Kermode we'll see you next week bye 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 bye